This is Hawkside Guns Podcast. What's up, guys? This is Hawkside Guns Podcast. It's your boys, Sean and Jake here. And uh, thus far, we are still here. Uh, the country is uh, in turmoil and, and some weirdness and all that kind of thing going on. But we're still here. We're still collecting guns. And uh, Jake has been working at the gun shop here very recently uh, since basically this whole mess started. And as I understand it, we've been kind of texted back and forth. You have had some weird happenings at the gun store and kind of coaxing people through the process and, and helping them understand what they're doing and what's going on. Is that, uh, is that about the size of it, sir? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that I've had to deal with over the past uh, couple of weeks since the last time we talked is, is helping people come up with the correct mentality for Owning a owning a firearm for personal defense, right? Uh, and it's 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 it is a mental leap for some people, especially recognizing what it is that they're going to be doing and what it takes. I mean, I, I've had several people come in and ask for a twenty-two so that they would only have to injure somebody. And so, and I've had to disavow them of many thought processes on that. First of all, a twenty-two is not going to just injure right, somebody. right. You know, a twenty-two is actually going to put a lot of damage through somebody. But what I also ask them is, is the the question I ask them is, what are you attempting to do? Are you attempting to kill someone, or are you attempting to stop someone? And invariably, they all have the same answer, which is trying to stop somebody. And I said, okay, because the 22 will kill somebody. But it's unlikely that it's going to stop them from doing what it is that they're doing at this exact moment. Now, even when they make it to the hospital, is the doctor or the physician going to be able to put them back together? Probably not. But they still would have been walking long enough to harm you. Yeah, and there's a, there's a big... You know, and... and Every situation is different, and, and you know, there's there's the people out there who are like, okay, if you're trying to defend your home, it's it's several people moving in an organized fashion, and and they're all going to come from multiple directions, and it's it's like this basic like SWAT thing that that happens, and and I guess maybe that happens, uh, sure, uh, but. I find a more likely scenario it's one person. Um, but uh, there's there's a lot of, like, you know, three to five people moving well-armed, and they're moving from bo- both directions, and you're going to need this and that, and you're going to need to solve the situation this way. And I, I don't know. I, could that well, happen? Yes. but And you're actually even going a little bit farther than I'm going in, in with regards to the, the mental aspect because then when they hear me say stop someone versus killing them, um, they, they're all of a sudden a lot of times move on to the thought process of, oh, maybe all I have to do is injure somebody. Right. And the, so they send a lot of times the question that goes into, I guess that means you can just shoot him in the leg or something like that. And my response is, um, you're not that good a shot. First of all, 
no. I said it, it unfortunately doesn't work that way. You are still going to aim for center mass, and it is still every bit likely that you're going to take someone's life. And if you can't wrap your brain around that, which is understandable, if you can't wrap your brain around the fact that in defending your own life you may be forced to take someone else's, then don't buy a firearm. Because, quite frankly, under those circumstances, you're probably going to have it taken away from you and used on you instead of defending you. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, so that's the, the first thing is, is you're not trying to you're not a, a t specifically attempting to kill someone. You're trying to stop them from harming you. But that being said, you are still going to stop them from harming you by aiming to the center mass, which is likely going to kill somebody. Yeah, and that's a real tough thing to go over, right? Uh, and it, yes. And unless and, you're and, unless you're mentally prepared for that, which the only way you can actually know is if you've been in that situation before, you actually don't know what you're going to do. Yes. And and, and I think and that's so basically is if, if they can't wrap their brain around the idea is I told them that then they shouldn't buy a firearm. And actually what I t then go on is now, now what I'm saying is you shouldn't buy a firearm for personal defense. You want to buy a firearm to go target shooting, have a wonderful time. But if you're planning on defending yourself with a firearm, you have to come up with the idea that you're trying to stop someone from harming you and that it's likely that you're going to have to take their life to do that. Yeah. And that's that's tough for a lot of people. It oh, really it is. is. And now, now I I kind of go with the same concept that you do, which is what you, you've said is is I personally have no issue with that, but I understand and respect people who do. And and I know I don't have I, I know for a fact I know uh, I don't have a problem killing an animal. Uh, for that, I've had to do that. Uh, both uh, snakes, boar. Uh, other other things um, doesn't bother me a bit. Now, is that a person? No, but I feel very certain that I would have very little issue because I've defended my family before. Uh, like I said, with animals who uh, intend to harm us, and I don't feel bad at all. Like zero issue. Uh, so I. Now, I think that applies to people, too, because, you know, when confronted with defending my family or myself, uh, I want to be the one standing <laughs> afterwards. And uh -huh. if, if if that's a problem for some people, I can totally get that. I don't think it's going to be a problem for me at all. Uh doesn't bother me a damn bit. But uh, that's a big thing, and it varies from person to person. Uh, when... I was just recently at a gun shop, and I was I was picking up a, a shotgun, yeah, which I'll talk about here in just a second. But I uh, <laughs> I had to. It was like I hadn't bought a gun in a while. <laughs> Starting to get itchy, <laughs> and, and I, I'll, I'll walk you through my bullshit reasoning later. <laughs> but I I did have reasoning, weak though it may be, uh, but. You know, I was sitting there and I was waiting for because uh, you kind of have to wait in line to do paperwork and everything like that. I had already filled it out and they were just going to send it. And it took all of like 30 seconds to come back. It was fine. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm sitting there talking and, and hanging with the people in the shop and everything because it's my local gun shop. And I, I was waiting for something like this. And I always put my my stuff down like, look, if you come across one of these inexpensive that looks like it's mechanically sound. 
just go ahead and, and hold it for me. I'll come take a look and, and get it if it's priced reasonably and, you know, you don't have too much into it. We'll, we'll figure it out. Just call me and, and come down. Well, this happened, I guess, about two weeks ago. And uh, I got the call. They're like, hey, we got a shotgun. I think, I think it's right up your alley. Why don't you come by and, and take a look? I'll hold it for you till then. I don't think anybody's going to be terribly interested in it. So, you know, whenever you have the chance to come by come by no problem so i come by and uh, you know he weighs me down and there's a there's a you know it's one of those manly shops right and, and it's built <laughs> for dudes so the waiting area has a barber like a couple barber chairs in it they're not actually you know for haircuts but they're comfortable chairs and you just kind of hang out in the barber chairs while while stuff's going on so he weighs me over to the chairs and i sit in the barber chair and i'm listening to this guy and you couldn't tell this dude has never bought a gun, right? <laughs> you you know he hasn't. And he called a three fifty seven and three seventy five. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, that could be dyslexic. You know, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. You know, like beef. I I, I try and think the best. <laughs> and and then he started asking questions about this gun, this gun, this gun. You know, all that stuff. And and I'm listening. You know, cause I got nothing else to do and I, I am not the priority here, right? Like I am about to buy a $175 shotgun. <laughs> like this dude is looking at thousand dollar automatics and I'm like, okay, I'll just, I'll just sit down. I ain't the, <laughs> I'm not going to keep the store open today. You know what I mean? Uh, so he's in there and he's calmly explaining what the difference is between a nine millimeter and a 45. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is. This is kind of like the Jake goes through this every day. Like, okay. So he finally has this dude talk down to something that he might, and he's not a big dude, right? He's a little shorter than I am. He's probably five, seven, five, eight. I'm five, five, 10, five, 11 on a good day. Uh, depending on who's measuring me. And it's like, okay, this, this dude might be able to handle a nine or a three eighty, you probably want to stay away from the big forty fours. But basically what happened was he lived downtown. They had quote unquote protest riots, whichever one of the things you said, but they burned a bunch of crap and beat up a bunch of stuff and burned uh, part of his uh, apartment building. He's scared. Totally get it. But reasonable. Yep. Reasonable. You know, but he's looking for a handgun and, and it's like, okay, well, have you ever held a gun? No. Have you ever shot a gun? No. Have you ever, you know, like, like done anything with, like, have you ever had any kind of firearm at all? And he said, yeah, I had a Red Rider when I was a kid. God. I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> I better get comfortable. I, I'm going to be here a while. <laughs> so they, they walk through this stuff. He's like, okay, uh, do you have a family? No. Okay, do you have a, you know, like no kids, no wife, no anything like that? No. Um, I'm the only one who lives on a loft. He had an entire floor of this apartment building, and it was a loft. He's like, okay, uh, what floor do you live on? Like, I live on the third floor. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, and he's walking through this, and this guy winds up getting very frustrated, right? Because the, the guy's actually trying to help him. Like, okay, look. This is some of the stuff that you're you're doing here, right? Like this is what you're trying to buy and everything. And at the end of the day, I mean, the man's in business to to sell guns, so he's not going to tell you you can't have something. 
but he's really trying to walk him away from this 44 Magnum that he's he's trying to get because it's like a, a big 44 bull barrel. Like he's scared. Like this will punch a hole through somebody. Yes, it will. Absolutely, it will. Well, I mean, in in like for example, the the young man who wanted to buy the 10 millimeter. Usually, what I'll try to do is come up with something that explains the extent of what it is that they're trying to purchase. And it's kind of like, okay, are you trying to get the perpetrator who is two floors above you? Right. Through <laughs> when, cinder blocks, you know? And, and when the guy goes, no, why? And it's kind of like, because that's what this will do. Yeah, like this bullet will will punch through you and the wall and the you know, like, <laughs> the safe behind it and you know, everything else. Like, look... This is really, I mean, this is a powerful round. Okay? Are, are, are you trying to take out the engine block so that the per- perpetrator can't get away? You're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now, luckily, things have opened up enough in Texas that he went behind the the place to the, the small range they have behind it. And he gave him three bullets, right, three rounds. And I heard him go off. Bang! Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> he came back in. He goes, yeah, I thought that might be a little high-powered for you. And the guy was visibly shaking, right? I'm like, oh, man, this isn't going to be good. So he wound up with da-da-da, the Smith & Wesson, Smith & Wesson <laughs> Easy Shield 380. Oh, God. <laughs> so that's coming down quite a bit from a 44. <laughs> quite a bit. Uh, so and then he took that out back, ran a magazine through it, and it was much better, you know. And he he did the paperwork for that, and finally left the store. And the guy's just shaking his head. I'm like, yeah, you know, that must have been rough. And he's like, all right, <laughs> that was. He's he's like, look, you know, I sell a ton of those and everything like that. But he's like, I'm I'm glad I talked him down because that he would have wound up hurting himself or never using it or or you know something like that. And he gave him. Like, uh, he's like, look, here's a serious discount on, on firearm classes. You can come back here and we can help you with that. And you can get your, you know, we can, we can help you and walk you through the, you know, the, the process of owning and using a firearm. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. He goes, yeah, I'll probably never see that dude again. <laughs> he sees like, they, they don't come back for that. They think, okay, I, I know how to do this now. And he goes, he'll, he'll probably never even figure out how to load it again, you know? Uh, he'll, he's like, look, he'll probably wave it around with no bullets in it, <laughs> you know, and think that'll be enough to scare somebody. And he goes, and I, I, I hope to God it will. But, but the thing is, is that's why he wanted the 44 Magnum. He's hoping that it's going to frighten someone that he won't have to pull the trigger. Yeah. And if you're going to use it and pull it, you know, I, I'm a big believer and you better damn well be able to follow up with that. Cause a lot of times People who are already going that far and have broken into your home or are, are doing that are not, they're not scared. You know, like fear is nothing that they're like, they have already overcome their fear. They've committed to this. So you need to uncommit them. You know? uh, so I'm, I'm a bit. Uncommit them from their mortar coil. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm going to, to f- aggressively uncommit them from this action. Uh, but uh, so so then came my turn and he's like, oh, God, Sean. Uh, yeah, I've ran across one of these because you tell me to be on the lookout for him. And one came through the door. I had a guy who was trading up on a uh, Mossberg M590 and he brought this thing in for trade. And I oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
the M590? Yes. Yes. So you, you of all people, bought the magazine-fed one. No, 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 no. The guy who gave the gun I was looking for came in and bought an M590. Oh, okay. He traded sense. the gun I was looking for for the M590. And so okay. So, I was picturing you with a magazine fed going. No, 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 no. So he gave him, he brought this thing in. He gave him like a hundred, hundred. I think he gave him a hundred bucks for it uh, off the M590. And he's like, he's like, I don't know anybody else who's interested in this, but okay, here, uh, why don't you, why don't you take a look at it? And what it was is, uh, and you know, I'm a big Remington fan as far as shotguns mm-hmm. go anyway, but uh, it's a Remington uh, Sportsman 48, all right, uh, which is, for all intents and purposes, I don't know if you know what, a, what an 1148 is, but an 1148 is basically the predecessor to the Remington 1100. And uh, the Remington 1100 is a gas-operated gun, so that means that it uses gas blowback, right? This yeah. is a long recoil spring uh, action gun. So uh, what happens is the barrel actually travels back with the bolt longer than the shell is long. And then when the barrel springs forward, it pops the shell out of the ejection port, right? Uh, which is a beautiful action. It kicks like a freaking mule, but uh, you don't have to worry about seals with it. And you could load up a trailer tractor full of ammunition and never run this thing down. <laughs> I mean, they just—they're very long-lived. They—they're almost indestructible. It's—it's it's a wonderful gun to to have. Now they—they they came in several different varieties. The 1148 was kind of the higher end version and it it featured a 5 I think a 4 plus 1 uh magazine capacity. Uh okay. the, the Sportsman was a 2 plus 1, so it was 3. Okay. So uh it was basically built for 50 Stuck state hunting. legal hunting. Right. So you could never have more than 3 rounds in the gun. So if you had a Sportsman, it was 50 state legal out of the box, right? You couldn't you you couldn't i mean it was it was uh the the magazine is is basically uh detented so that you can't put more than two in the magazine which right. for me busting clays i really didn't care that's fine for me so the sportsman was really kind of the the and it was made from i think uh thir- well i mean the 1148 was made in the sportsman as well from like 49 to 70 something like 72 something like that and it was super popular. It was it was there were spring fed guns now or spring action guns, which is the long recoil uh, spring action shotguns. And they were super popular. They're almost indestructible. They made like half a million of them, and they were were patterned after kind of an uh, the A five uh, from World War Two, and it was. It was super popular back in the day. Once they found the 1100 and the the lower recoil gas-operated guns, they kind of fell out of favor. But they're still around, and there's tons of them, and they're not expensive because they made a ton of them, and you can find them. And I kind of was tired of of a lot of the the problems from gas guns, and you know, because they're a little finicky and everything. I'm like, I just want a tank. I want something indestructible like my 870. And hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, they make one of those. They're called an 1148. So I was on the lookout for a sportsman or uh, an 11, 1148. And 
And they, he found one. I found one. And, the, you know, the guy called and he's like, I can't believe I can't run across one of these. Because they're not expensive. And they know they're not going to make any money on it. But they also know I'll buy it. So I came down and, and uh, looked at it. It was in pretty, mechanically, it's in great shape. Uh, but he's like, this thing's weird. I'm like, how is it weird? He goes, well, the barrel says Mohawk and the receiver says Sportsman. And I'm like, okay, I can explain this. He's like, do tell. Do. Yeah. He's like, do tell. I'm like, okay, look, the Sportsman was the cheap version of the 1148. So the 1148 had normally a walnut stock and was uh, had like engraving and, and probably more checkering and all that kind of thing. Uh, but the Sportsman, depending on what grade you got of the Sportsman, it might have a walnut stock, but especially the older ones. But uh, they didn't have the engraving. They didn't have, you know, the, the super awesome checkering and all that kind of stuff. It was less finished out. It, it wasn't just, as we said before, dyed birch. Yeah, exactly. Um, and some of them were. And, and the later on you got, the, 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 the more possibility that you were going to get a birch stocked uh, uh sportsman and sure enough and i think they quit in 71 or 72 or maybe 73 but anyway from 73 on they the 1148 was still a popular gun it's still actually popular to this day a lot of people like shooting them uh they're as i said they're almost indestructible and what happened was they stopped making them but they had all these parts left over and, and, and and this guy wanted a pump-action Mossberg magazine-fed instead. I mean, that is a bit of a departure. Well, yeah, he did. And I'll get to that in a second because okay. it's, it's funny because I, I did ask about that because I'm like, what the hell? This thing's in distress. This, this thing's a tank. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was one of those things. And uh, in 73, they started – just parting out all the parts and they started putting them together with these cheaper birch stocks and calling them the Mohawk 48. And it was stuff that was sold. by uh, It was stuff that was sold because the uh, Remington firearms factory sits on the Mohawk river and they just started calling them the Mohawk 48 and just using all the parts they left over to sell them through Sears and some of these other big box stores. So it's the same gun. And the, in fact, the barrels were absolutely interchangeable. And so that's how you get, so I, there's no telling how old this thing actually is. I know that the, the barrel is newer than the receiver, uh, just from, because of the dates that they were made, but, uh, which it's in great, sh the, the whole gun's in great shape, uh, it, mechanically, uh, cosmetically, it's, it's a bit of a shit show, but, uh, but, well, that, but that's part of the fun for you. Yeah, exactly. That's how I get it for 175 bucks, and I'll probably turn around and sell it for 250 or 300 after I'm done with it. But uh, so it's it's a franking gun anyway, and I think what I'm going to do is I'm bidding currently on eBay, which these auctions will be over by the time this you know uh, ends, so I don't have to worry about anybody outbidding me for these damn things. Uh, but I've got some 870, 1100, 1187 uh, uh, stocks that because an 870 stock is with a little bit of sanding, pretty hot swappable with a Sportsman or, or a Remington 48. So uh, I'm, I might get a new stock on here. I've got some beautiful uh, full featured walnut stocks that are that are able to be to be kind of 
put into its place. So I'm, I'm bidding on one or two of those. And I'll just redo the entire gun, and it'll look absolutely gorgeous to sell for, for probably almost twice what I got it for. But uh, I did question – so I – I got it. First of all, I was I came down, looked at it, you know, ran well, the action. I, I figured that ran it, ran a shell through it, and it was like, yeah, I'll give you 175 bucks. He's like, sold. Here, I don't even want paperwork here. We'll just, oh crap, you know. So I had to do the paperwork and everything. But he's like, yeah, just just fill it out. Come on, I, you know, I'm gonna make 25 bucks on this deal, but I want it out of here. Uh, but I'm I, as I was doing that, I was asking. I'm like, so he sold an indestructible 12 gauge automatic. For a pump action mossy, and I'm like, what? I'm like he, I'm like, yeah, how much did you give him for this? And he's like, oh, I gave him a hundred bucks. I'm like, so okay, so you're gonna make seventy five on this, you know, after license transfers and taxes and all that kind of stuff. Probably, probably closer to fifty. What's the like? Why on earth? But he says, well. He said, "With all the riots coming in and all the all the people coming in, he needed a higher magazine capacity than than this thing offered." And he said, three rounds was just not enough. He needed fifteen." Like, holy crap! Fifteen's a big fucking magazine. Yeah, that's a. I mean, a, I mean, I mean, the big boxes that normally go with those things only hold five. Yeah, yeah. So he got. And apparently he got a 15 or a 25. I, I think he said 15. It might have been 25. But, I mean, he got – basically, he's going to carry most of a box of shells under this thing. I mean, and I don't know if you've held a box of 12-gauge shotgun shells. They are not liked at all. Uh, uh, no, right now I've got a can of uh, – that's probably got 1,500 millimeter rounds in it, and I'm not sure I can lift it. <laughs> <laughs> Like I mean, I mean, need to get my daughter to help me move it. Um, yeah, I mean, this this stuff isn't light. I'm like, he's gonna take that gun and he's gonna, all right, whatever, and he's gonna pump action that stuff in there. Okay, I mean, yeah, you'll sell it to him. I mean, because I I don't know what an M590 goes for, but it isn't cheap retail. Uh, um, probably spent about five hundred bucks for it. Yeah, I, you'd figure. I mean, I, that's that's not exactly inexpensive. Honestly, the gun he's trading it for is is almost indestructible. Now, look, a Mossberg 500 series is well. The, of... the the 590 is the stronger of the two. Yeah, um, it, it's got a little less polymer in the actual action. Uh, but that being said, yeah, any of them are about as sturdy as they come. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like he's buying a bad firearm or or that it is in some way. Uh, inferior, but I just, for me, I was just like, huh, that's weird. But I mean, I got a good clay gun out of it. I have zero problem with this. I mean, it didn't cost me much and, and I got something that's probably going to make me some money. Honestly, once I get a uh, stock out of it and, and some other stuff, I mean, it'll, it'll probably, I mean, I spend 50, 60 bucks on the stock and finish all that stuff up and, and uh, I'll probably sell it for 300 bucks. It's no problem for me. I'll shoot it for a while and no problem. But, I mean, people are really starting to to get very interesting firearm selection uh, with the uncertain amount of times that we have going on right now. It is, it is starting to get very interesting is in the stuff they're both turning in and throwing away and what they're buying to replace it is just fascinating to me 
Oh, yeah, people are losing their ever-living minds. <laughs> in in more ways than one, but obviously, but yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's funny that you're like looking at some of these people coming in to purchase firing firearms, and it's kind of like, you scare me. And it's not that they scare me because they're going to go on a rampage or they're crazy or something like that. They scare me because they don't know what they're doing with it. Right. Um, and, you know, I, let, let me I'll even go back to when I purchased my first firearm. I know the guy who talked me through purchasing my first firearm that I can tell now that he was thinking at some of it. Oh, dude, this guy's going to shoot himself in the fucking foot. <laughs> um, uh, no, I, just from some of the things he said, I can uh, now I understand where he was coming from. Uh, and, and before it was just kind of like intimidating and kind of like oh this guy's being a bit of a jerk he's like no he's not being a jerk he's trying to make sure you don't accidentally kill yourself yeah he feels responsible in some way for for your current purchase now i was very lucky in that i always had bono with me right for almost all the firearms i ever purchased i either had somebody with me or i knew exactly what i was using it for or trying to use it for and was going to had fully used something like that before. For instance, um, I bought a rabbit gun when I was 25, and it was a 410 lever action shotgun. Now, I had used shotguns before, and I knew what I was going to do when I was talking to the guy. He's like, "What are you going? What are you buying this for?" And he's, "I'm like rabbit gun." Ah, I see. You know, how? what do you plan to do this with, you know, and all this stuff and what distances you're shooting and how are you going to do this stuff? And, uh, you know, I felt very confident that I understood and, and could work it and everything. And I had to buy. So now, I wound up buying a very old Ithaca Super Single for like 75 bucks at the time. Um, I wish to hell I'd held on to it now. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I had... Uh, Bono with me when I bought my first pistol. It was a twenty two Heritage Revolver. I was with, you know, Bono when I bought my first shotgun, which wound up being a Winchester pump action, 20 gauge. Uh, I was, I mean, I had, I had somebody, for most of my firearm purchases, I had somebody with me who was walking me through it, who, for all intents and purposes, wasn't going to let me do stupid things. And yeah, I had and, a very specific that- purpose. And the funny thing is, is that that's who I've become in my family. Right. And I never would have thought that, first of all. Second of all, um, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. My father had had firearms and shot firearms before. Uh, his father owned a grocery store in the not-so-nice part, part of town, so they all tended to carry when they worked there. Um, but, you know, at most it was a thirty-eight revolver. Right. Um, you know, he, he still tells a story about once telling everybody it was time to go and everybody going, you know, we're not done yet. And he pulled out his little twenty-five automatic out of his pocket and they all laughed at him and pulled all of their 1911s out of theirs. <laughs> um, you know, so th- this is the brent of experience that we had with firearms in my family. So... Yeah, I've kind of become the, pers- the person that people start started asking about these things. Um, now, then again, there is a very large portion of my family that thinks I'm absolutely insane, uh, which is fine. I can live with that. <laughs> 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 you know, but 
I am not now, nor probably will I ever be a firearms expert. Um, I, oh, I, I would I, never it, claim to be, and I, I can't imagine a time where that would be true. Oh, p- please do not mistake me claiming to be an expert. Oh, no, oh, no, 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 I do not. <laughs> uh, but I, I do know a little bit about shooting clays, and I know a little bit about shotguns, especially older shotguns. And I can tell you what's mechanically sound and what's not and what works well for for busting clays and, and which is pretty much anything over 20 gauge. Uh, you, you can pretty much send pellets where you need it to go and make a clay fall apart. It's not difficult. It's – but – at this point, I find that there's a lot of people who know slightly less than I do that either bring me guns or ask about guns for that very same purpose and and will listen to my opinion about it. Now, why, I don't know, because I tell them, I preface everything with, like, look, I'm an idiot who shoots in the middle of a field, all right? I don't know, you know, all the ins and outs of guns. I probably never will, but I can tell you that won't work. Why is that? Well, because it's missing the trigger group. You know, or that's a 410. You're going to have to be really good. I'm not saying you can't hit clays with a 410. I've seen people who do it, but you're going to have to be really on. And, and ammunition selection will be very important to you. Um, oh, yeah. My, my, my 410 is loaded with a combination of those discs that you say you've got in your pistol. Oh, yeah. And... Um, these things that basically throw out a slug and uh, two pieces of buckshot behind it. Yeah, yeah. Watch batteries and ball bearings, you know. <laughs> uh, basically, yeah, and, and I figure that in the house, that works. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty fine with that. I mean, there's like a, uh, for me, I love the PDX Defender round. Um, yeah, and then the other one is the critical defense uh, yep. def- defender round, which is, as I said, the slug and a slug and a couple of uh, uh, butt pieces of buckshot. Yeah, I mean it's you're gonna you're it's gonna work, it's gonna work. It is. Uh, so there's there's a lot of that. Although you know my main defense gun, as as I have said, is number four buckshot in it. Um, it's twenty one, twenty two caliber projectiles uh every trigger pull so uh, and i'm like yeah that'll work (laughs) that's not over penetrating too much plus you're emptying the equivalent of three 22 round or 22 caliber clips into somebody or magazines um with every trigger pull yeah all right it's it's fine for me i'm i'm good with that uh now my it's funny because my wife for her quote-unquote riot gun uh, has gravitated towards my Marlin lever action 44 Magnum, uh, which has 10 round capacity, uh, with every round being a 44 mag coming out of that thing. And under 100 yards, that 44 mag will mess you up. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. So, and you put a lever action carbine in my wife's hands, and that's who's been trained uh, many times to shoot rifles for the military and the government. Um, this is a very comforting thought to me because uh, she pulled that thing out and shot it. And she's like, oh, I like this. You know, like, right on. You know, <laughs> that can be yours. Here you go, babe. This will work out fine. Um, 
So it's it's what you're comfortable with. It's what you now her her home defense gun is of course her service weapon because that's what she's most familiar with. Uh, but um, I totally get like people wigging out, and you're like, okay, let's think about this. <laughs> what are you gonna do? How are you gonna use? It? Do you know how to load it? <laughs> Do you know what you've loaded it with? Do you know what that'll do? Do you know effectively where to shoot somebody, you know, or how to do it in a panic, how to do it in the dark, how to do it, you know, like all those things, all those variables that you're, that you have to consider in a defensive home shoot, you know, in, in a, in oh, a confrontation. Oh, we, we, I, I have sold lots and lots and lots of uh, uh, firearm flashlights. Oh, yeah, I bet. Yes. I bet. Um, and it's like, I've got one and like, I hate all tactical out shotguns. I don't like the way they look. I, I, it's not my favorite and all that kind of stuff, but I got a flashlight on my home defense gun. Yep. Uh huh. Sure do. You know, if I put that light on you, I know I'm going to cut you in half. (laughs) Well, not only, not only that, but most tactical flashlights for the nature of what? 2,500 lumens. Yeah. So it's not like they're seeing you to shoot back. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to see a blinding light followed by a big bang. <laughs> you know, that's, and then I'm going to solve the problem. <laughs> you know? uh, so for me, I was I was very comfortable with that whole scenario. Now, now, don't you at that point in time just wish that if that were to happen, that you have a couple of gold coins in the basement that you could call the guy from John Wick just to come in, roll out some cellophane and some you know disinfectant and just take care of it? Evening, John. <laughs> Just clink Work. his coins in the hat and off you go. <laughs> Working again, John? <laughs> no, just rough, just sorting some stuff out. <laughs> Thanks, Harry. <laughs> you know, I love Wick. I just, I really do. Just that whole, that whole thing is, is fantastic. And it's gun porn at its finest, and I totally get that, but... God, is it fun? Uh huh. Oh, it's so much fun, and I, just seeing, you know, just seeing the guns that he uses, and I know all the AR guys just had had a field day with uh, with the second movie when he's when he's pulling out a or was it the third? Where he, no, it was the second movie where he where he got the AR. Yes, um, and they're like AR. Oh, yeah. uh, hey, all, all I know is is that if I'm still working at the gun store come Halloween, I am without question going as the sommelier. Oh, I think you have to. I mean, yes. come on, man. If if there was a cooler <laughs> character created in the Wick series, I have never heard of it. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so great. I and mean, it doesn't matter what sommelier you're talking about either. You know, I mean, it's it's like either the one in, in Europe or the other one or, or even the suit guy. He's like, very painful, I'm afraid. You know, <laughs> <laughs> can you get this to the can you get the can you do a rust job? I sure can. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love I'm probably going to have to go watch those after this because it's just so much fun. You know, and they pull out these, you know, here's here's a combat master. Oh, it's only a four thousand dollar gun. <laughs> Here you go. You know, uh, the, the, the Kimber, you know, somebody please get, get this, this man, man and a gun. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so freaking great. 
I like everything is like the and of course Winston uses a 1903. Of course he does. It's so refined. It's like a cold 1903. Like of course that's what he is with ivory grips. You know, uh, it, sure. You know, the thing's only a grand. You know. Uh, hey, uh, all I know is that my favorite of the concierge is the one from Morocco who spent half his time laughing because he knew something. He knew what everybody else didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, he's gonna mess this dude. Somebody's gonna eat. Somebody's gonna have a bad day. <laughs> uh huh. If this dude is in here buying up an arsenal, you guys are in for World War Three. <laughs> but I just, I, it's, it's like I think every gun store should have a sommelier. Like it would make life so much better. You know. <laughs> okay, I'm looking for something bold, robust, <laughs> bold. Robust, you know, and just gives an eyebrow cork. And how about this? Ah, <gasps> oh, dessert. <laughs> <laughs> Finely stone. Oh, not a Yeah, just it just with the whole big cup on a go, big gold chain, the whole thing. You know, just I, standing I, I, actually, there. Actually, I think what we really need to do is just decide that this is our retirement plan. That's oh my god, it'd life. be so great. We, we we just need to open up a gun store called Somalier. Oh my God! So when you walk in, there's bottle you get bottles of wine lining everywhere, and as you walk farther into the store, you start to realize that we're not selling wine. <laughs> yeah, you don't even get to see guns until the guy at the front hits a button and a bookcase opens up, and then you're standing there on a on a glass reverse lit table, white gloves, big gold cup on a chain, the whole thing, and there's just guns surrounding you. You know, and you don't mention firearms as firearms at all. You just <laughs> use wine analogies the entire freaking time. You know, just stay in character. The, the Austrian vintages. <laughs> I can wholeheartedly recommend. I know you prefer the Germans, but I can wholeheartedly recommend the Austrians. And if Wick wasn't a down with Glock before this, I'm just going to say I'm calling bullshit. All right. I'm just saying, like, of course he's held a Glock. Oh, of course he has. But, uh, mm -hmm. of course, so, so, a $4,000 Combat Master is a little bit different than any off the shelf Glock 19. I'm just going to say. Well, y yes. I mean, he, <laughs> he, he, he went from a, from a competition ready HK that can be bought from a store to a custom. Glock 34. Right. Yeah, there's a little bit of a difference. Okay? A little bit. I'm just saying a little bit of a difference. But I I we it's our retirement jobs. It's we so got to do that. We so got to do that. Yeah. Oh, it'd be so great. You know, I wouldn't mind going to work in a suit every freaking day. You know. <laughs> like, if that's where you go. If that's what you could do, oh, it would be so great. Oh, I need that. <laughs> Are, are, are you one of the clerks? Concierge? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be so If you're looking fun. for the concierge, yes. If you're looking for a clerk, Cabela's <laughs> is down the street. <laughs> right. Is the sommelier yet? I have never known him not to be. <laughs> so freaking great. So need to go watch that now. I'm so <laughs> you think I'm kidding. I'm totally going to watch that right after oh, this cast. Oh, I agree. Oh, it's so much fun. But uh, y'all, keep your keep your, uh, keep your your hat about you. Buy some cool guns. There's actually some weird stuff going on right now. 
uh, in the, the the buying and selling of stuff. People are trading in fantastic firearms. I'm just saying, I run across them all the time. Um, Inexpensive and great. And I am still at this point, probably not going to happen until about Christmas time because that's when people start looking at things that they can get rid of in order to afford Christmas. Um, <laughs> but when I'm, I'm still waiting for the rush of uh, panic bought used firearms to come back. Oh, man. I know. I know. Oh, I, I forgot to ask uh, before we close, right? Real quick. Have you shot the Black Aces yet? No, that'll actually be a week from today. Damn it. All right. All right, you gotta let me know. after you shoot that. You gotta let me know how it goes, you're, and you're and if it's coming to Texas, you're still hoping I don't like it. Don't I you? hope you hate it. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you hate it. You're like, oh, I don't like this thing at all. I just here, I'll sell it to you, and I'll, you know, whatever. Uh, yes, yes, I'm hoping you hate it. Um, I know that's bad. I normally don't do that. I'm normally an enabler, but I'm really hoping you hate that thing. <laughs> Because I'll I'll take it off your hands at whatever they give you for it at the store. Uh, <laughs> be great, uh, but but yes, I mean I'm I'm totally hoping the the some of the panic buying stuff comes by Christmas as well because I I'm looking for some other stuff as as well. Although um, I'm I'm pretty convinced there won't be a lot of shotguns people are panic buying, and if they are, they're not going to be the ones I want. Well, but, yeah, I mean, right now I'm still stuck with the image in my head of you trying to bust clays with a uh, big banana-clipped magazine-fed <laughs> Mossberg. Yeah, which... that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's so not going to happen. <laughs> of course, I say that, watch, in a couple of years I'll own one for some strange reason. Like, I'll have found some reason to go, you know, I really thought this would be a good idea, so I bought one, and you'll be making fun of me. But I don't see that happening anytime soon. I can't. I just can't get there from here. Uh, uh, actually, the, the, and the the one thing I'll leave with is uh, I, a guy ordered one of the Black Aces bullpup shotguns that showed up at our store. Oh, those are neat. Uh, they are neat, but it was funny because an, another guy was there said, yeah, I've got one of those too. Not exactly practical for skeet shooting. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are not. <laughs> no, they're, they're almost useless, oh, as a matter of fact. <laughs> But still, yep. they're in there, you know. There's no telling. I can't figure out a reason to have one, but I love those bullpup-looking things, man. Those are cool. Uh, it, they are pretty neat looking. They are. They're super neat looking. Can't think of a reason in the world I need one, but I like the way they look. <laughs> <laughs> well, my friend, you got anything else? I do not. Right on. Well, uh, guys, be safe. Uh, collect your guns. Rescue guns when you can because guns need a good home. And uh, we will talk to you later. On behalf of Jake Bona and I, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. If you're interested in more content like this or podcasts, check us out at hawksideguns.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.